0: hello welcome to the mediocre takes podcast the podcast where you talk about our mediocre takes on the shows and movies we watch i'm marco and i'm here with my co-host mel how are you doing mel
1: i am still sweaty
0: are you gonna say that every time we record yes
1: yeah, because i'm being honest
0: hey we're talking about hell of a boss a really popular show about demons i think they're demons they are demons right
1: In they're hell. imps
0: they're imps yeah, yeah. but are imps demons i have no idea <laughs> i think they're demons so we're gonna go with that it's a really popular show it's free on youtube if you haven't heard of it you should go watch it
1: it has brandon rogers in it
0: i don't know who that is but <gasps> you know, no!
1: oh my gosh he's a youtuber his skits are so offensive and funny and i don't think he'll ever get canceled for it The voice actor for Moxie, I just want to say he was also the voice actor for Zim from Invader Zim and Billy from Billy and Mandy and uh, Raz from Psychonauts, which I'm a fan of all three of those. So when I heard his voice, I like almost died a little bit.
0: So we start off episode one with a teacher teaching some kids and one of the kids reminds her that it's her husband's birthday and she's like, oh my god, I forgot to call my husband. So she and the students call the husband only to find him having... Uh, sexual relations with somebody else. She gets, like, really angry so much that she, like, wants to kill him. And one of the students is like, Don't do it! Think before you act! And she freaking like, yeets <laughs> the kid up to the ceiling. Drives back home and murders her husband and attempts to kill the girl who he cheated with. But the girl survives. And we cut to the teacher explaining what happened to Blitz, who is the main character in the show. After that happens, Moxie who is a side character is trying to shoot a picture of a family and he's struggling to do it because he thinks the family is innocent blitz comes in and he says oh hey look this is our new client and moxie accidentally shoots the place down then they go outside and they let the client go away they they go ahead and go to the human world using a grimoire which is a steaming book that allows them to go to uh, the human world and this book is really important because it's their only way to the human world then once that happens we cut to blitz and crew getting to the house with the target in it and blitz is all like moxie you should kill this target but Moxie is like, I don't want to do that. Are we really going to kill a family? And Blitz is all like, no, we're only going to kill the mother. We're ruining a family. And then Blitz is all like, oh, you're taking too long, so I'm going to shoot the target. And then Moxie is all like, no, don't. While Blitz is about to shoot the target, Moxie pushes the gun. And instead of it hitting the target, it hits a window. And when that happens, it turns out that this family is actually a, a murder family like a group of murderers and they go after Blitz and crew they start fighting I just want to say real quick that the fight scenes are like animated really well especially the scene between Millie and the husband is really great I really like that scene while Blitz is running away from the target before that happened he got shot in the arm and so he's bleeding and he's running away he gets a call from Stolas while he's running away Stolas is a really interesting character in the fact that he's extremely horny
1: He's just a horny owl.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's basically his character. We learn that the book, the Grimoire, originally belonged to Stolis and they make a deal because Stolis needs it at least once a month, and in exchange, they'll have, um, they'll do stuff. Adult intercourse. adult, Adult stuff, yeah, exactly. Blitz and Millie get captured by the target and the husband, where we learn that fire doesn't affect them, but bullets do, which is really important because that shows up they aren't invincible if they were like invincible well technically they are because um the creator said that they'd basically regenerate which is kind of dumb i just wish they kind of died So that way there would be more stakes to the show. But I guess it's fine either way. Moxie saves them from the target and the dad. And Moxie goes back to the house and decides to call the police because he thinks the authorities should deal with this situation instead of him murdering them because he doesn't want to murder the family. And after that, he leaves. But before that happens, the police show up and they blow up the house, (laughs) killing the father and the two children inside the house. And so Moxie basically learns that, like, to not hold back just to shoot the target i guess yeah
1: i think that moxie was trying to teach everyone else a lesson and then he ended up learning like no wait they were right
0: (laughs) something i noticed while watching this show is that the murder family kind of works like i think the word is a foil to blitz and crew like in a way blitz and crew at the end of the show will kind of become their own version of a murder family at least that's what i think the show is trying to do with this first episode
1: so have you ever seen ren and stampy you
0: no know, let me search that up ren and stampy
1: yeah it's basically a children's cartoon show that was created by a pervert like uh, all good cartoon shows are and the beginning uh scene where they were doing the singing and dancing stuff. It just it gave off Renan's stampy vibes.
0: Also, I just real quick, I need to say that the music in this show is really great.
1: The scene that we see where Moxie was abducted by the children (laughs) and we see all the corpses everywhere. It was giving off major I guess this whole family was giving off major House of a Thousand Corpses uh vibes, if you've ever seen that movie. It's basically just a crazy hick family and i was watching the first episode with my brother which i thought you know what it was a good idea to do that it got to the horny stolas phone call and i was like damn this is sort of awkward i think the bleeping out of some of the words made it even funnier because we know what he's saying but it just the way he's saying it and where the bleeps are put makes it sound so much more worse
0: you know when like moxie is trying to like Get back to the portal. He fucks <laughs> by the phone, and he's still talking. Saying, yeah, he's saying peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all night or some shit like that. And I'm like, wow, it's it's just great. It's it's amazing comedy.
1: I think the word slimy or something along the lines was yeah, said. Yeah, he that going Yeah, and. I- <laughs> it just he did a good job of making it sound disgusting
0: overall it was a good first episode we don't really have much to say about it because there's not that much like things that happen character wise the only thing we get is um moxie learns not to hold back and that's pretty much it it's a strong first episode i really liked it
1: yeah it it was a great episode to show i guess specifically where moxie's morals kind of are not exactly morals but i guess who he is as a character and how he's sort of the most righteous out of the bunch i mean they are demons so they can't be that righteous but he is he's the most moral i guess so episode two starts out
0: with a flashback from when octavia was a child octavia is a Goisha. I think that's what the race is called in this show. Can I just mention that the voice actor for the child feels really off? Like the child voice actor sounds really old when it should sound like a child.
1: I think that I'm so used to hearing adults play child characters that it it, it wasn't really something I was paying attention to, but I understand that for some people it, it's sort of off-putting. I do think she sounded a little bit younger than an adult, but I could still tell that she was probably wasn't a child. I don't know who the voice actor was, but I don't think that there are a lot of parents that would allow their child to voice act in this show.
0: Stolas sings Octavia a song to make her feel better. Like I said before, the music is great in the show. I think the song is also alluding to something, like either Stolas's death or hell collapsing. Like maybe he's seeing something in the future because this is kind of spoilers for season two, but in season two, we learned that the book also lets him allow to tell the future. And so maybe what he's seeing in the future is like, Hell collapsing or something like that. We cut to the present where Stolas is arguing with his wife. I think her name is Stella about the fact that Stolas slept with Blitz. And what I find interesting about this is that she's mad that he slept with an imp. Like it's mostly about the fact that he slept with an imp and not the fact that he cheated on her. At least that's what I got from from what she said.
1: Now I don't know what the creators of this show were trying to uh show with that example of. I think the simplest explanation. explanation. Explanation for that would be the what are the what are the elves? What's their race?
0: Goisha. The
1: Goisha are sort of like the best way I can relate it to is they're sort of in a fantasy setting. They're sort of elves where they're probably more pompous and rich and higher up in the, the social hierarchy, and imps maybe lower, like an orc or something. She's not upset that he cheated. She's upset that she cheated with someone. So much lower than them.
0: Solus tells Octavia that maybe they should go to Lululian, which is a theme park. Octavia used to love that as a child. Stolis calls Blitz to be a bodyguard for them while they go to Lululand, and when we go to Lululand, there's this joke that I really love where Moxie says, I know you're a pervert under there to the mascot, and the mascot's like, yeah. Blitz protects Stolis from dying and stuff, and we cut to a robot named Fizzaroli who's singing to kids, It turns out that Robo Fizzaroli and Blitz know each other because Blitz used to be a circus performer and they end up fighting. While that's happening... Octavia runs away from Stolus because she's like really mad at him. Octavia and Stolus have a heart-to-heart, Octavia says that she didn't even want to be here, and Stolus says that he'll never abandon her since she's worried about that. Stolus tries to explain his relationship with his wife but fails to do so, and reassures Octavia that everything will be okay in the end. After that, an imp tries to attack Stolus, but Stolus freezes the imp to death, which means Stolus could have protected himself the whole time, but he just wanted to be around
1: that was such a girl boss moment
0: i mean he's so horny he he wants someone to <laughs> oh protect my- him
1: so the opening scene it literally i am so embarrassed to say this but it did make me like emotional i don't remember the exact Line, but it was like, even when I'm gone, you're gonna be okay. And I don't know, something about that was just like, you're supposed to be a silly cartoon show, you can't be making me emotional.
0: The episode kind of ends abruptly with Robo Fizz getting eaten by some kind of monster. When I first watched this episode, I didn't know what happened to Robo Fizz. And my one complaint in this episode is that it kind of ends abruptly when it comes to the B plot, at least. I feel like the B plot could have been written better, but i feel like the main plot was also written really well so i'm kind of conflicted for this episode
1: so yeah the the beginning song or whatever with with what he said like even when he's gone she'll be okay it sort of felt like he was alluding to the fact that he was gonna die so the whole time i was like okay i get it okay they're gonna have a heart to heart and then he's gonna die at the end but that didn't happen which when i first watched it i was disappointed but i'm okay with it i guess the one-on-one with the father and the daughter personally i didn't care much for and i understand that they were trying to show that he wasn't just a horny owl in a loveless marriage but he was trying to keep a relationship with his daughter and i think they did a great job of that but personally i'm not really a fan of family turmoil i guess it just it was too heartfelt And it was sort of off-putting for me. It's just a personal preference. But I think how they did it and the conversation they had was put together very well and i do love that at the end it was just sort of like oh no yeah he does have medusa powers by the way all
0: right so episode three we start episode three with blitz and crew fighting over a parking spot with verasica who is a famous singer blitz and verasica make a demon duel where they bet blitz and crew can off more people than verasica and crew have sex with while they're making a plan to defeat verasica we learn that luna can disguise herself using some kind of power that. Blitz and crew don't have, it seems that Imps are the only ones that can not disguise themselves while other people can. When they get to the human world, Vraska starts singing and Imp and crew start killing people, but while that's happening, Luna tries to talk to Vortex. Vortex is another hellhound who Luna has a crush on. While that's happening, Vraska throws some like magical alcohol into the water. When that happens like later in the show, there'll be this giant fish monster that grows. Blitz and Luna have an argument about the fact that Luna wanted to take a break. Then the argument turns into a discussion about Luna's adoption. Apparently, Luna was almost old enough to be on her own before she was adopted and that has left a hole in their relationship. Something I've noticed so far in the show is that a lot of the conflicts are left unresolved. I know that the writers probably are waiting to, to bring back these conflicts later in the season, but sometimes the unresolved conflicts just leave me a bit unsatisfied, especially with this conflict between Luna and Blitz. Moxie ends up getting captured by the humans and ends up getting drunk. A giant fish monster pops up due to the magic alcohol. The magical fish tries to eat Moxie, but Millie ends up saving the day by fighting the monster. The episode ends with them making a deal to keep the fish monster a secret in exchange for. Blitz getting his parking spot back. We find out Vortex has a girlfriend and Luna gets sad about it. And the episode ends with them going back to the demon world. Overall, this episode was good, but I just wish we got more from Luna and Blitz.
1: There is a lot of cussing in this show. I thought that I would get tired of it at some point. But honestly, it just stays funny because it's not just them saying whatever and then adding curse word. can we cuss in this podcast
0: yes we can i made it explicit
1: yeah it's not just like them being like oh fuckity fuck goddamn shit they're really creative with what they say and how they say it like the comebacks never miss and you mentioned uh beforehand where they broke the fourth wall basically saying like uh there were horny perverts crushing on luna and then they turn towards the audience. I see that being the case because when I first clocked her, I was like, "That's a that looks very much like a a, a furry suit. And I, <laughs> I like that they know their audience, first of all, and they're willing to call them out. I know that I said in episode two that I don't like family turmoil, but I think it's the way that it's shown. So in the last episode, it was an isolated one-on-one and they were talking very like soft and gently to each other uh, which to me was gross but in this episode it was it was an argument in public and it was loud and petty and for some reason i just really resonated with that and it wasn't cringe to me once again personal preference a little weird and (laughs) i love that luna was low-key rejected by what was his name vortex um when he said he had a girlfriend, because something about awkward rejections like that, where it's not a rejection, but it's it's a it's a Paranorman um situation. Have you seen Paranorman?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Basically, in the movie, there is there's this girl and this guy, and the girl is basically flirting with this uh, jock the whole time, and then at the end, she was like. We should go see this movie or something like that. One of them said that we should go see a movie, and he was like, "It was a chick flick." And the guy was like, "Oh yeah, my boyfriend loves chick flicks. We should go together." Situations like that, where it's not an outright rejection, but it's just being like, "I'm not single," is so funny, and it's the kind of cringe that I enjoy. I do agree that, or these episodes are usually left unresolved, whatever conflict was happening in the show, uh, the episode. But I don't really have an issue with that because i think that at least the cartoons that i've watched as a kid whatever the situation was was sort of resolved in the same situation where you know the bad guy got caught or whatever and we really didn't hear from them ever again (laughs) we may with this show but i didn't have that much of an issue with it
0: i mean i still like this show i just have a little bit like of problems with it you know
1: oh yeah i'm definitely biased just because it has like one of my favorite voice actors and then a youtuber that i like in it so i understand that i'm biased
0: episode four is probably my least favorite out of season one i don't think it's bad but i just don't love it as much we start the episode with the commercial about cherubs a group that will bless someone without a charge so it's kind of like the imp crew except instead of killing someone they like save someone and send them to heaven we get a new client named loopty doopty He hires the crew to kill someone. So basically the backstory behind Looptie Doopty is that he ran a company with his partner. Not like romantic partner, but like- You don't know that. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And they were testing an age changer and he didn't survive while his partner did. He wants to murder his partner because like he doesn't want him to like live with millions of dollars and shit. Anyways, we cut to Imp Crew attempting to murder the dude. Only for the cherubs to intervene and stop Imp Crew. And instead, they try convincing the old man to live and that life is worth living. So basically, for like the next few minutes of the show, Blitz and crew and cherubs start arguing about whether life is worth living or not. And Blitz and crew are like, you should just go kill yourself. And uh, the cherubs are like, no, don't killing yourself is bad actually and it's really funny there's like this scene where like they're like isn't nature beautiful and then uh, a lumberjack gets murdered by like a deer also again the animation of the show is great and that scene is just greatly animated then after that they go to an opera show and they try to show the old man how beautiful art is blitz and crew end up ruining the art by killing one of the um opera singers the cherubs and blitz and crew get into a fight the old man realizes that life is good actually and worth living because these otherworldly beings are fighting for his life. Only for him to die by the end by getting smashed by a piano. The cherubs try to go back to heaven, but because they caused the death of a human, they end up being banned from heaven. That's pretty much the end of the episode. My problem with the cherubs is that they're not very memorable. We barely learn anything about each character, and each of them has like no individuality. They're kind of forgettable another reason why I didn't like this episode as much is that like there was no growth from the characters I love character growth as you can tell and like in each episode so far we got some character growth from each character but in this episode we only get a new rival that can be used for the future and the fight scene in this show is really amazing this show always has amazing animation and The fight scene was just great.
1: I would agree with you on, I guess, the episode in general, how it felt like a filler episode for some reason. In the previous episodes, the enemies that were there seemed so much more memorable. The music in the other episodes, they do a great job of when they are at the beginning, there's been a few that have been at the beginning. They do a great job of setting up what the episode is going to be about the one-liners do not miss it's like when you think back on an argument you've had and you imagine what you should have said to absolutely annihilate the other person except it's happening on both ends like (laughs) when uh when luna says stop getting hysterical fatty something about that something about that like just killed me and i think the the main point of this episode was Or what I understood was just sort of this contrast of good and evil. Except, dude, these characters were so lame. I'm sorry, but... And (laughs) I do think... I understand that the old man was just this greedy old little raisin. But every single time he was like, please just let me die. I was like, oh my gosh. Hashtag relatable. (laughs) And I like how they were like, you should really just give your money to people in need. And he was like, no. At the end, when they... Tried to get back into heaven. And oh my gosh, the fucking customer service lady. The deer. I guess, yes, the customer service deer. When she was talking to them and when she was like, "Mm, yeah, no, sorry. It just felt like you took my brain and threw it in a blender because I absolutely hate it when people talk like that. Like when you're on the phone with customer service or whatever and you're like, I'm having this issue can you resolve it and they're like "Mm, yeah no we'll see but mm, yeah no i think they depicted that very well basically sure overall i i really like
0: this show i just really wish that there would be less unresolved plot lines and Mm -hmm. like i wish they would end things better overall When it comes to these episodes. But I still really liked it. And like the music is great. The animation is great. Except for one episode which we'll talk about next week. There's like this one episode where the animation is kind of wanky. We'll talk about that next week (laughs) anyways. So yeah those are my overall thoughts. Like if you haven't watched this show. You should really watch it. It's really good.
1: I think the creators of this. I think they got popular for a different show or movie. The has Been Hotel. Have you seen that?
0: Yes I have. I was actually I have thinking we could talk about the pilot.
1: I, I haven't seen it. I know that they got popular off of it, and I know that it has a really big fan following. I really love that independent creators like this can create a very successful show, but it seems like they don't have like a big company backing them, right? Like They're not yeah. owned by fucking HBO or anything. So I think that shows like this, where independent and backed up by fans, I think it's really amazing, and I love how successful it is. I hope that we see more of that in the future. I hope that more shows like this do have the chance to grow and find a a huge fan base. And yeah, the animation is impeccable. I don't think that there are many good adult shows. I hate Family Guy. So this is just scratching that itch I have of cartoon shows for adults.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention this, but compared to most adult animation, this is really, really good. Well, like most adult animation is like complete garbage. And like I just want to say if you're if you're used to adult animation being garbage, don't worry because this show is actually good. Anyways, you guys, those are our thoughts on the first four episodes of Hell of a Boss. Follow us if you haven't already. Download our our episodes because that helps us a lot. Anyways, you guys, that's all for us today and goodbye.